the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Salutations. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show here on the Salem Radio Network. Six minutes after the hour. Thanks for being with us. Dennis, of course, is not here. Otherwise, you'd be hearing the familiar tones. But rather, I am Bob France, and I am live in the ReliefFactor.com pain-free studios of AM1420, The Answer. Uh, That's right, Cleveland, Ohio. That's the home base. So it's good to be with you for the second consecutive day, speaking to this incredibly uh, intelligent and uh, aware audience. I will call you aware. I will call you awake. I will not call you woke. Believe me when I tell you that. There is a big difference. So much news to get into today. We've got a couple of great guests that are going to be joining us on the broadcast. At the top of the next hour, we're going to be speaking with, uh, with one of the most prominent conservative voices in the uh, U.S. House. Congressman Jim Jordan will be with us to talk about the top stories of the day including the swap. You remember the swap from seven years ago that we told you would come back to haunt us. We told you that would come back to bite us. When? That day is today. We're going to talk to Jim Jordan about that. I'll give you more on that in just a moment. That'll be at the top of the second hour. At the top of the third hour, did you see what happened to J.D. Vance? J.D. Vance, the author of Hillbilly Elegy, the uh, Appalachian-raised, kind of half-Appalachian, half-Middletown-Ohio-raised uh, young man who went on to become, uh, 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 went to uh, Yale Law School. No, I take that back. I think he went to Yale for his undergrad, got his law degree at Ohio State. Beg your pardon. At any rate, J.D. Vance is now a Senate candidate. J.D. Vance is one of the top Senate candidates, at least according to polls. He's rising. He's got a lot of very powerful people behind him, not a lot of which, by the way, or not all of which are full on, uh, full uh, conservatives. He's got some Silicon Valley support. But J.D. Vance um, is a Senate candidate to replace Rob Portman, who is retiring and is not running for re-election here in the state of Ohio, again, in which I reside. So I will cast one of the votes in this election. J.D. Vance's campaign account was suspended from Twitter. Twitter is not now just censoring conservative individuals like, you know, the former president of the United States. Now they're actually practicing election interference. The campaign account for J.D. Vance was suspended without any rhyme or reason being offered. You just can't have a place on Twitter anymore. They're still trying to find out why. To my knowledge, they have not found out why. But it's an issue. It's a massive issue. Free speech, 
the ability to communicate, the ability to use modern tech the way everyone else is using modern tech in campaigning, all of that now is up in the air. So at uh, the top of hour number three today, we're going to be talking with Patrick Wood, the executive director of Citizens for Free Speech, that organization to which I belong, by the way. Uh, that organization is working very, very hard against the big tech oligarchs and technocrats who are trying to essentially decide what can be said, by whom, and who can hear it. Uh, by way of, you know, essentially five companies, five tech gurus running and deciding what information is available. So uh, we're going to talk to Jim Jordan at the top of hour two, Patrick Wood at the top of hour number three. And before I talk to you at 877-243-7776 or 8Prager776, let's start our day the way we started our day yesterday. I made a big deal of it yesterday to explain why I do what I do when I start my radio programs, even the ones for which I am filling in, like Dennis's. So I'm going to ask you if you're a patriot to stand, wherever you may be. I'm going to ask you if there is a flag nearby for you to face it. And if there's not a flag nearby, at the very least, put your hand over your heart and join us in starting our broadcast with the Pledge of Allegiance. Leftists, Obama voters, Biden voters, Taliban supporters, you can go ahead and take your knee. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, you certainly remember the swap, right? It was June of 2014. I was on the airwaves in Cleveland, Ohio, and I, like many others in conservative-minded media at the time, told you we would rue the day told you that when Barack Obama swapped five high-value Taliban leaders who were being held at Guantanamo Bay, who were captured through the great sacrifice and courage of American service members, servicemen and women, captured when we went into Afghanistan to avenge 9-11, captured when we wanted to make sure that the Taliban could never, ever wage such terror on the rest of the world again. We captured these high-value Taliban leaders, and we put them at Gitmo, which was against, by the way, my advice, not that anybody asked for it. To me, when you capture terrorists, you kill them. You don't hold on to them, or at least you hold on to, on to them long enough only to get what information you can about other terrorists, and then you execute them. I don't know when that became such a, uh, such a taboo thing in war to not kill your enemy who is trying to kill you. I didn't know that was a, uh, you know, a big no-no, but it became one. So they captured these Taliban, and they kept them at Guantanamo Bay until an American deserter by the name of Bo Bergdahl decided he just didn't want to fight anymore. He didn't want to fight anymore. He abandoned his post. He went off wandering somewhere, and then depending on what story you believe... Either he was captured by the Taliban in Afghanistan and held captive for five years, which is one side of the story, or because of pictures that were, that were um, uh, leaked after the fact of him wearing full Muslim garb and you know, flowing robes, including the headdress, 
um, he either was being held captive or he was he was a deserter who joined the enemy, who literally flipped sides, who literally said, you know, maybe there is something to this Islam thing. I don't know which. To this day, I still don't know which. But what I do know is that he deserted his post. He left his fellow uh, platoon members in grave danger. They risked their necks trying to find and save him. And when it was finally time, the Taliban said, we'll let this guy go. Again, if you believe that part of the story, if you'll release our leaders. And you may recall June of 2014 when Barack Obama made that fateful decision. With respect to the circumstances of uh, Sergeant Bergdahl's uh, captured by the Taliban. We obviously have not been interrogating Sergeant Bergdahl. He is recovering from five years of captivity with the Taliban. Uh, He's having to undergo a whole battery of uh, tests and he is going to have to undergo uh, a significant transition uh, back into life. Uh, He has not even uh, met with his family yet, uh, which indicates, I think, the, the degree to which we take this transition process seriously, something that we learned uh, from the Vietnam era, regardless of the circumstances, whatever those circumstances may uh, turn out to be, we still get an American soldier back if he's held in captivity, period. In terms of uh, potential threats, the release of the Taliban who were being held in Guantanamo Uh, was conditioned on the Qataris keeping eyes on them and creating a structure in which we can monitor their activities. We will be keeping eyes on them. Uh, Is there the possibility of uh, some of them trying to return to uh, activities that are detrimental to us? Absolutely. That's been true of all the prisoners that were released from Guantanamo. There is a certain recidivism rate that takes place. I wouldn't be doing it if I thought that it was contrary to uh, American national security. Do you still have eyes on him, Barry? you still have eyes on the five Taliban leaders that you released in exchange for an American deserter? I do. And Qatari eyes aren't on them anymore. The world's eyes are, because they are now the leaders of the Taliban in Afghanistan. They have now returned to lead the battle against you, me, and everything West. Well done, Barack. I've only just gotten started on this extraordinary story. Stay here on the demonstration. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. 
I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 21 minutes past the hour as we continue on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob Brandt sitting in. So glad to have you here. I want to remind you, Dennis is, of course, leading the High Holy Day services this year, and uh, that's why he is not with us today. It's not too late for you to watch those services. They're recorded, and you can watch any portion that you may have missed uh, at any point by going to DennisPrager.com, click on the Rosh Hashanah banner, or just go to SalemNow.com. You know, the irony should not be lost upon any of us that as I played that Barack Obama clip from 2014 in which he said that we went and got Bo Bergdahl because Americans don't leave men behind. Paraphrasing. We don't leave men behind, said Barack Obama, in justifying his trade of five high-value Taliban leaders from Guantanamo Bay in exchange for the return of the American trader Bo Bergdahl. Bo Bergdahl, in my view, was never a victim. Bo Bergdahl was a traitor. At the bare minimum, a deserter who put his fellow troops in harm's way. And for Barack Obama to go out of his way to get that traitor back in exchange for these high five, five high-valued uh, Taliban, the irony is that his vice president at the time, Joe Biden, is president now. And he just completely abandoned that principle. That long-standing American principle of no man left behind. Because he left hundreds of Americans behind. And thousands of Afghans who were either sympathetic to and loyal to the American cause or are family members thereof. He left plenty of people behind. Meanwhile, the five Taliban that we said back in June of 2014, and I remember having this conversation on the air in 2014, like many others, I'm not proclaiming to be a prophet here, but like many others, I said, if you don't think we're going to see those released Taliban back on the battlefields or back in the command centers in Afghanistan or wherever they may try to launch new terror attacks from, then you're just delusional. You're not thinking it through. You're a shallow thinker. You're not a deep thinker because there's no way they're going to get released from their constraints in Guantanamo and come out changed men. And you know, boy, that time inside that uh, uh, Guantanamo uh, facility really made me rethink my commitment to radical Islam and killing the West and killing infidels and non-believers. I really think that the whole thing's a lot of hooey now. I'm going to come out and just be a normal guy. If you didn't think that this was coming, like I said, you just don't think. Four of the five ex-Gitmo detainees exchanged for Bo Bergdahl now have senior positions in the new Taliban's uh, resurrected Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. That's what they're calling it, the resurrected Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Now, the names I'll try to pronounce properly, but if I get them wrong, who cares? Karula Kirakwa, the acting minister for information and culture, one of the five Taliban detainees traded by, for by, uh, traded by Barack Obama. Excuse me. Number, I don't know, I think maybe just saying that name forced the cough. Nurula Nuri is the acting minister of Borders and Tribal Affairs. 
Abdul Haq Wasik is now the acting director of intelligence for the new Taliban government. And Mohammed Fazi is the deputy defense minister. The fifth is uh, Mohammed Nabi Omari, who is reportedly has reportedly been named the governor of Coast, the Coast province in Afghanistan. So all five of these detainees in Guantanamo Bay. Now, again, I, I, I have to point out the obvious just because it deserves it. Those who's, who lost their lives in the initial invasion of Afghanistan on the heels of the September 11, 2001 terror attacks, we went right in in October and November into Afghanistan, and we lost lives. And for the next several years, we spent all of that time, that blood, that sweat, those tears, that treasure, trying to destroy the Taliban to make sure that they can never again fund, train, and, 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 and operate a terror attack, the one that al-Qaeda carried out. And all of that blood that was spilled was spilled either killing or capturing people like these five guys. Now, these five cold-blooded, savage Taliban terrorists are free and running the resurgent Taliban, and will be doing so three days from now, when we celebrate, not celebrate, when we commemorate the, the 20th anniversary of the terror attack that they sponsored. Can, can, you, can you try to wrap your brain around that? 20 years ago this Saturday, September 11th, 20 years ago, the Taliban watched as the plan that they helped sponsor They watched it get carried out. A month, two months after that, we went in there to make the Taliban pay. And we spent blood capturing these guys. And we threw them into a dark hole in Guantanamo Bay. Now, 20 years later, they're back in charge of the Taliban. And they have American hostages behind their lines. They have American citizens still in Afghanistan under Taliban Sharia law control. Americans who were abandoned on direct command by the commander-in-chief, Joe Biden, who said, we're going to get everybody out of there, and then said, too bad, we didn't get everybody out of there, but we're out. So let's talk about climate change. Let's talk about the California recall election. Let's talk about anything other than Afghanistan, please. And by the way, nobody, please, nobody mentioned the name Bo Bergdahl. My former boss, Barack Obama, Joe Biden would say, traded these five guys who are now running the Taliban, who now have American hostages, for an American traitor. And oh, by the way, when I mentioned that Bo Bergdahl, the American trader, who was traded for these, traded, T-R-A-D-E-D, traded for these five high-value de- Taliban detainees who are now back to uh, commit more atrocities against the West and against America. When I said that he put his um, platoon mates in, in harm's way, in jeopardy, here's a story, and thank you to William, uh, working here as part of Dennis's crew, who reminds us, of a retired Army National Guard soldier from Atlanta who died two years ago. He died in 2019, 10 years after he was shot in the head while searching for Bo Bergdahl. 
Master Sergeant Mark Allen was injured in a June 2009 search mission for Bergdahl, who walked away from his military outpost and was either captured by or joined the Taliban. He died finally of his wound after that traumatic brain injury two years ago. And meanwhile, Bo Bergdahl's trading uh, uh, partners, if you will, are running the Taliban. All right, 29 minutes after the hour, I'm Bob France in for Dennis Prager. Right back. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal. Up to 600,000 ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. Call Nick at 800-221-7694-800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. All right, 26 minutes before the top of the hour. Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager. Yeah, watch it on Town Hall TV if you wish, but remember, Dennis isn't here, so uh, be careful what you ask for. Uh, I come to you live from Bob France from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. It's the ReliefFactor.com pain-free studios of AM 1420, The Answer, if you're interested. In more of what I do, you can find uh, all of my shows via podcast at whkradio.com. That is the home base, again, here in Cleveland. So I I don't know how many different ways Democrat leadership can possibly let us down. But I'm running out of ways to count. I'm running out of fingers to count them on. Seriously, Barack Obama, we knew it was going to happen. He released those five Taliban who are now back in the government leadership positions of a nation that is doomed doomed to be enveloped by a civil war amongst various terror factions. And that that might be the best-case scenario. Best-case scenario is that they're at war with one another, that al-Qaeda reconstitutes and is at odds with ISIS-K, and that ISIS-K is at odds with the Taliban. The best-case scenario is that they're all competing with one another to carry out jihad. The worst-case scenario is that they get along and that they coordinate, and that they share their resources. That's the worst-case scenario. Meantime, American citizens are trapped behind enemy lines. And what happens when they try to escape? What happens when private contractors try to go in there and bribe Taliban checkpoints and use whatever back channels that they have to get airplanes off the ground with Americans in them? to get them out since Joe Biden can't and won't do it using our military? Then we have the State Department. Tony Blinken, who might be the most ineffective, ineffectual, weak-kneed, little weasel of a Secretary of State that we've ever had, compare that guy to the strength projected by Mike Pompeo and his boss, Donald Trump. I mean, it's, it's night and day. The State Department, led by Tony Blinken, obstructs and stops private rescue flights from leaving, according to information contained in a leaked email. 
The State Department refused to grant official approval for private evacuation flights to land in third countries, even though the department conceded that official authorization would likely be needed for planes to land in those nations anyway. Furthermore, the State Department, the Biden State Department, explicitly states that charter flights, even those containing American citizens, would not be allowed to to land at the Defense Department air bases. U.S. officials have pointed to possible security threats from landing charter planes at military bases, saying they lack the resources on the ground to fully verify the flight manifests. Meanwhile, the very same Biden administration has allowed has allowed as many as 50,000 unvetted Afghans to be amongst Unvetted Afghans to be amongst the 120,000 that they are bragging to have airlifted out during the chaos of the last two weeks. Unvetted, brought to the United States, and yes, delivered to various parts of our country, likely never to be seen or heard from again until perhaps they're heard from in a negative way. Now, what does that mean? You know exactly what it means. I am not accusing any one of the 50,000 of being Taliban loyalists, being Al-Qaeda loyalists. But until we know, we don't know, do we? I'm pretty sure that, oh, you know, what did they say? 123,000, they bragged about people were airlifted out in this massive evacuation. Joe Biden called an extraordinary success, never been done before. Only 6% of them were Americans. That means 94% of 120,000 were Afghans or third country expats. And those individuals may all be interpreters, right? Maybe there's 100,000 interpreters who worked for the Americans and helped us out. And welcome all to the United States, the land of opportunity. Welcome, my friends. Or since we couldn't vet them and have no earthly idea who they are, they may be infiltrated by or even made up as a majority of individuals who are not necessarily looking for the American dream but looking to destroy America's dreams. Do you understand what I mean? They won't let Americans land at DOD air bases because they're afraid uh, that the people on board haven't been vetted. But yet they have allowed thousands to come in by way of those airlifts and hundreds of thousands by way of our southern border to come in completely and fully unvetted. And they have no concern about that whatsoever. This is extraordinary. All right, that's a lot of info I have laid on you in the outset here. I'll take your phone calls coming up. uh, Dial uh, 877-243-7776. We'll be back. I'm Dennis Prager, and you are well aware of our being censored. That is PragerU, for example, by the left-wing tech giants. So many of us are taking a different approach and using SquadPod, a team communication and collaboration app for businesses, nonprofits, sales teams, and religious organizations. It has everything you need, chat, video calls with screen sharing, file storage, etc. Plus, it's 100% private, non-discoverable, and American-made, owned, and operated. Stop supporting the companies who engage in data mining, profiling, selling data, and limiting expression of ideas. Take back your privacy, intellectual property, and right to free speech with SquadPod. Visit squadpod.com forward slash Prager, squadpod.com forward slash Prager to learn more. That's squadpod.com forward slash Prager, squadpod.com slash Prager. 
All right, 16 minutes before the top of the hour. Bob France sitting in for Dennis Prager. Good to have you aboard. We'll take your phone calls at 877-243-7776. That's 8-Prager-776. But just to give you the rundown here, so here's what happens. Uh, the President of the United States abandons American citizens on direct command, told everybody we're leaving, and if you aren't on board by, uh, by uh, August 31st, too bad. That's on you. Uh, you should have gotten out. Uh, so Americans are abandoned. There are hundreds of them. Private contractors are going in trying to ex- extricate them from their circumstances behind the Taliban's enemy lines. And the State Department blocks them from leaving, making sure that they stay hostages. Meanwhile, the press secretary comes out and tells the media that the Americans are not being held hostage. So that's an important thing. I, was, I, I, I thought you were talking about the Build Back Better agenda. Um, uh, no, that is not what we would characterize it as. Uh, those were points uh, that, that was those were comments made by a Republican congressman this weekend. So let me be very clear: we're in touch with American citizens. We're working to get them out. There are four who were able to depart over land. Four who were able to depart over land because of private contractors, not because of the effort of the Biden administration or the Blinken-led State Department. Uh, our Secretary of State is in Qatar right now working on a range of options, including getting uh, flights up and operational and going. He's in Qatar now getting a pedicure. Who are you kidding? Have you seen that weak little weasel? And what we have seen is that individuals who have documentation are able to depart, or that that is what we have seen. Uh, but again, uh, we don't have a great deal of understanding of every individual on these manifests. Of course you don't. And you didn't have a great deal of understanding of every individual on the cargo planes that you sent out 120,000 strong and brought to the United States, only 6% of which were Americans. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen anything this chaotic, this embarrassing, and quite frankly, this dangerous for national security. All right, let's go to you as I promised that I would. We're going to go to Hazlitt, Texas. That's where Roger is. Roger, you're on the Dennis Prager Show. Thanks for joining well, us. It's Bob France sitting in. Let me say this. We have to go back and realize that we're playing it. We're in a chess match. But the Republicans and most of the Republican speakers on, on radio are trying to play checkers. What happened is Obama would not send military help to help our ambassador in Libya in the hopes that he would be captured, thereby giving the terrorists a large enough bargaining chip so that he could release five generals back onto the battlefield. Trouble is, he got killed. The ambassador got killed. Now they had to go back and follow him plan two and do Bergdahl. They still let five generals back on the field. There's a traitor in the mix. Let's figure out who it is. So you think that that Obama deliberately sent Bergdahl to depart his uh, his base and uh, and go and get captured by the Taliban so that he would have a bargaining no. chip. No, I didn't say that. Okay, maybe Bergdahl, I misunderstood. No, yeah, you did. Bergdahl was captured. I don't I don't know how he was captured. I don't know if he knew anything was going on. I think he was a, a useful idiot. Okay, but in the final analysis, with the with the ambassador murdered. Now they have to fall back on, on, on page two or option two, which is release, Ber- release Bergdahl, get Bergdahl oh, okay. released and trade for five generals. So in other words, a plan B is, is to find somebody that we can, we can sacrifice up, uh, you know, in, in order to get these, these generals released. So, so what, what right. would, what's, the, what's the end game then? If this is chess, 
and, I, and I'll take you at your word here with what you're describing, but if this is chess and you're Barack Obama and you get five high-value Taliban generals or leaders back out of Gitmo and eventually on their way back to Afghanistan to continue to run things, what's the benefit? What, what, what's, uh, what's, okay, his, I'll, what's his I'll, agenda? Okay, I'm going to give you an opinion. Just an opinion. I think that Barack Obama is a Muslim. He's always been a Muslim. His name's Hussein for a reason. Nothing's changed. He hates America. He wants to fundamentally transform the United States of America into a socialist dictatorship. That's the goal of the Republican Party. I mean, the Democratic Party. If he's a Muslim, so though, why? If, if he's a Muslim, let me, let me let me uh, let me try to try to cut through some of this, Roger. If he's a Muslim, wouldn't he want the United States to become an Islamic uh, nation, not a communist uh, dictatorship? Well, what's the difference? Well, there are differences. There, that's true. That's true. But, but but Sharia law is not necessarily for you know, for example, compatible with uh, with uh, uh, you know socialist theory and Marxist theory well, or communist theory. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. But I'm and again, I'm not arguing with you about that. I mean, I don't know. But I don't no, know nor I nor am I. I'm just trying to put your theory to the test. If you know, if your if your belief is that, and thank you, Roger, for the phone call. If your belief is that Obama is trying to, you know. Uh, essentially establish an Islamic caliphate uh, here in the United States as well, and this is one way to do it because you believe he's a Muslim. Okay, I'll play the, I'll play the game and have the discussion, but then I'll have to ask, you know, what, what do you mean when you say he wants to create a, a socialist nation? Now, to say that those two things are wholly incompatible would be incorrect. I, I've got a friend uh, uh, and who's very well known. Uh, his name is Jim Simpson. Uh, he ran for Congress, by the way. Uh, he has served in the White House. Jim Simpson has written two books on the red-green axis. Now, if you don't know what the red-green axis is, in fact, I've had, I think I may have even had him on Dennis's show before. I have to double-check that, but I think I had Jim Simpson on these airwaves before. But at any rate, his books uh, uh, on the red-green axis are very, very um, important, very, very informational and educational. The red-green axis is the unholy alliance between the red communism and the green Islamism. And that there is a shared goal. Now, does that mean that every you know somebody like Barack Obama is both of those things? I, I'm not saying that, but there is a shared danger to the West and to Christianity and Judeo-Christian nations like ours uh, from from those who are you know like I said you know the, the the red green axis that alliance between the two. If you've never read those books, I would highly recommend them. Uh, there's two versions: red green axis, then the uh, sequel, red green axis two. Uh, 2.0, but you're going to want to you're going to want to check those out and educate yourself on those because I think there is a lot of important information there. I may have to have Jim back on these airwaves. Speaking of Jim, I will have a Jim on the airwaves at the top of the hour. Jim Jordan, who's a, a congressional uh, representative in Ohio, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee as well. He's always got something to say about this news, and we're going to talk to him about the Afghanis, uh, Afghans. Uh, uh, that have been freed now to run the Taliban, as well as uh, the State Department holding back Americans from being released. We'll be back right after this. Okay, six minutes before the top of the hour. Don't forget, at the uh, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk to uh, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee who's got some serious questions and issues with the 
uh, way the Biden administration handled not only with the withdrawal of troops, but also the evacuation of civilians and the fact that civilians left behind enemy lines are not being allowed to leave now, even when being given opportunity by private contractors. So we'll talk to him. And Jim Jordan will also have thoughts on the Bo Bergdahl swap as well. That's what Charlie wants to talk about in Ohio, the Bo Bergdahl swap for those five high-value Taliban detainees that are now back to lead the effort uh, against um, uh, against the West, uh, from where from which they led uh, back in in uh, in 2001. Having a little hard time with the screen here. Now I got him. Charlie in Westlake, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Thanks, Bob, for taking the call. Absolutely. I called a couple of weeks ago about this Bergdahl thing because it wasn't adding up. Like Roger said before me, there's a traitor amidst us. This, you know, they're trying to govern us by, by crisis. They learned that never let a crisis go to waste. So they're creating these crises to, to change the government, change everything. And if this is the truth, if, if, if Bergdahl was traded and and uh, you know, Obama's a traitor. He, he, this, you don't take somebody out of prison and not think they're going to come back as a leader. It always happens. Napoleon, Hitler, all of them. You put them in prison, they come back as leaders. They did this. This was created. This is created. And uh, you know, if it's the truth, then he's a traitor. Yeah, and you know, here you, there, one could, if you wanted to be uh, generous, and if you know. And, and, and I'll try to, and thank you for the call, Charlie. I'll try to be that here. I'll try to be charitable and give Obama the very best benefit of the doubt here when he, when he traded those, those five Taliban detainees for Bo Bergdahl. One could argue being charitable here that this is just Obama truly living up to the belief and the, uh, you know, into the uh, age old American, uh, you know, uh, uh, custom and standard of never leaving a man behind. This is just what we do. We've got an American who's been captured by the Taliban. If we can get him out, we've got to get him out. Now, in order to live up to that American standard and custom, you have to violate another, which is you don't negotiate with terrorists. You negotiated with terrorists. And the price of Bo Bergdahl, a traitor and a deserter, was the five high-value Taliban detainees. So if you're being charitable at the very best-case scenario for Obama, he was just trying to not leave a man behind, especially... In 2014, which is just two years after, we left Americans behind in Benghazi to fend for themselves. And the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton did nothing about it. And the President Barack Obama washed his hands of it. And then after they were killed, after Chris Stevens, Sean Smith, Ty Woods, and Glenn Doherty were killed, they blamed it on a videotape here in the United States. You understand the point here. They are all over the place in their foreign policy, and I don't know if they necessarily have an agenda or they're just that incompetent. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.